here we are, 2017. It, we don't, it doesn't always fall on a Sunday, so we don't always get a chance to, to, to you know, go through that as a church family. You know, you normally Happy New Year next time you see each other and that sort of stuff, or if you're at a party sometimes. And I don't know about, you know, you guys over here are pretty young, but I don't know about over this side, but they seem to come around faster and faster, don't they? I mean, I can just remember, you know, Happy New Year 2016. I thought, wow, 2016, you know, and they already moved fast. And I don't know about you, or, or, or maybe it's a common thing. And, and of course, you know, we had that, the clip with the kids, and, and they're funny because they are what we do. It's the kind of time of the year that we make these resolutions. We say, right, I'm going to do this better next year. Uh, how many of you kept your resolutions from last year? No, don't put your hands up. That might not be good. Can't even remember what they were. Yeah, yeah. So here at the start of the new year, and maybe, maybe for you there's new challenges or, or new desires. Um, maybe for some of you there's this sense of looking for a, a new direction or, you know, the start of the year is kind of like, it's not like you never do that stuff for the rest of the year, but this is a moment that you become conscious of that sort of stuff. Maybe you're thinking about, right, you know, I've got to do some new stuff. Maybe it's in wo- at work or at school or, or in business or, or in your family. Maybe there's some new challenges. Maybe you're looking for a new calling or a bit more of a purpose. Maybe it's a job kind of thing and, or a new relationship or, or a new start in something. I mean, how many days is it, Josh? Six, but who's counting? A new, uh, a new stage, you know, and sometimes we're anticipating this stuff and sometimes we're thinking about um, maybe this is time for something new. And, and why do we do this at the beginning of a new year? Where does this come from? You know, and I think when we do these resolutions and we think of this sort of stuff, it comes from evaluation, doesn't it? It's, it's, we've looked back at the year or, or even more and we've kind of weighed up stuff and, and, and you look back at 2016 and I don't know what, whether, whether, who you were hanging out with last night or in the last couple of days, but you get into conversations, well, you know, when you look back, what was 2016 like for you? You know, and you ask those sorts of questions. You ask that in business. You ask that in a church, in, in leadership. And it's a thing called evaluation. We look back and we weigh up stuff. And then that's the opportunity to rejig things if you need to. And, and that's where that whole resolution thing comes up, you know. Weighing up is really appropriate for people my age because it happens on a scale sometimes. You know, and you think, uh-oh, I need to rejig some stuff. How many of you can identify that you're laughing, but you wait, your time will come? <laughs> it's true, and that's where the whole resolution thing comes up. I'm going to eat better. How many of you have decided to eat better plenty of times? If not less, at least more healthy. I'm going to eat way more vegetables. Right. You know. <laughs> how do we evaluate? How do, you, how do you tell what is a good year or what's not a good year? And how do you do that as Christians, as followers of Jesus? Is it simply a case of adding up the good for the year, then adding up the bad, and then, and then if you subtract the bad from the good, then you're left with whether it was a good year or a bad year, and, and I need to do it again for the next year. Because even non-Christians can do that, can't they? They can add up the good and the bad, and they can decide what's a good year or a bad year. But, but we're different, aren't we? As followers of Christ, we're different, you know. <laughs> The year is for us. God gives us the years. And, and how could we see 
this kind of thing differently? How could we look ahead to our year and ourselves and, and the things that we're involved in? How could we do this differently than just doing these evaluation and resolution kind of things? As we head into 2017, I just want to encourage you this morning. And I've just got two scriptures I want to talk about that help us understand where we stand in terms of the year ahead, who we are in the year ahead. So if we could have the first one up, please, Jim. It's um, Isaiah 61 and um, just the first, well, the first two up there. Um, I'm going to read an extra one here. So Isaiah 61 says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness, the release from darkness for the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And verse 3 goes on, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to, to bestow on them a crown of beauty. Instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. And they'll be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So these are encouraging words. Think about that. This is, this is Isaiah's prophecy for God's people, and we are God's people. This is Isaiah prophesying as one of God's people. This is for us. You see, what it says there is we're anointed to speak to our year before it comes, not after it's been. You know, evaluation, looking at, you know, that's after it's been. We're anointed to proclaim, to, to speak to our year before it comes. The days don't have authority over us. We have authority over them. You know, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news. The anointing of the Lord is upon us for the days that we are to live. And when you think of that, it becomes less of that, that kind of, oh, what will be will be. It becomes, hang on a second, as I look forward, I've been anointed to make an impact, to move forward in the year in God. And the only reason the days exist, the days were made for us, not us for the days. And the only reason they exist is for us to carry out the call of God on our lives. And when all God's plans and purposes are complete, the days will be finished. We understand that's what the word says. So if that's true, if the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us, then we need to live our days deliberately, don't we? We need to live our days intentionally with a reason. Not just kind of wishing and hoping, I hope this will be a good year or, or think I'm going to try to do this. Not just adding up afterwards to see if the year was good, but to live them on purpose. And so this is a really encouraging scripture if you want to think about this. If this is who God called you to be, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on us, is on you, is on me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And verse 2, the first few lines of verse 2, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. What would that look like if we went about proclaiming the year of the Lord's favour? Not just calling on Lord for favour or jumping into situations and saying, Lord, you know, please have favour. But we were actually anointed to proclaim the Lord's favour into situations, into our own life, into our families, into our church, into our community, into the things that we're struggling with, that you were anointed for that. And you're anointed for that because the Spirit of the Lord 
is in you. You see, Isaiah could only understand this whole on me thing, couldn't he? The Spirit of the Lord is on me. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord came on people. We now have the Spirit of the Lord in us. How much more powerful? Those are not my notes. Let's stop there. So I just wanted those are encouraging words. Now the thing is, how do you do that? You know, and how do you? Uh, what does that look like? And and I wanted to look at another Isaiah, uh, scripture in Isaiah, in Isaiah forty three, and have a look with me. It's uh, just verse eighteen and nineteen. Very well known section of scripture. You know, what does it say? God is speaking to His people, and He says, "Forget the former things; do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it?" I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. How many times have you heard that scripture? Or Probably plenty of times, haven't you? But these are words of truth. So how do we proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? How do we get ourselves in a position where we understand? How do we do that? And even though this is a, this Isaiah 43, even though this is a common scripture and you've heard it before, it's always applicable. Because what about today? There could be an element of truth that's revolutionary in this scripture if you have the capacity to hear it just one more time today. You know, have you ever had those times when people read a scripture and it's sort of like you've heard it so many times it just sails right past you. In fact, you could actually mimic them and, and repeat it with them and say it with them. But this morning, the question is, do I, do we have the capacity to hear God repeat himself or will we run right past it because it's familiar? This is important because some of us have, that have heard scriptures and have been around the Bible for a long time can be most, uh, most exposed to just running past it. You know, God may not be saying new things, but he might, wanting, might be wanting us to hear them and to apply them in new ways. Verse 18, don't, you know, he starts, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Don't hang out in the past. Don't hang out in the, in the issues. Don't hang on to, to last year's decisions or, or last year's issues or words or decisions. It doesn't say rubbish the old, it's of no use to you doesn't say it's not necessary to remember those things. It says don't dwell there. Don't stay there. Don't hang around in there. He says that's not what I'm doing now. That's not the direction. And that's why we, we don't want to dwell in the past. We want to look forward. You know, you've got to know where you've been in order to know where to go. So the past is important. Things that you've learnt from the, the way you've done things. And I can always remember an analogy. I think Johan's done the analogy. I don't know how many times I've heard it from Johan. It's the old mirror and windscreen analogy. And I've read that in a few places, you know. What's bigger in your car, your rear vision mirror or your windscreen? You can answer that. I know it's logical, but you're allowed to answer. That just tells me that you're actually awake. I mean, why is the windscreen so much? It's like I was trying to do the maths the other day. I was actually Googling it. How much bigger is a windscreen than a... But I tell you what, it doesn't work. But let's just say it's 50 to 1. 
Let's be ambitious and say it's 50 to 1. Why is your windscreen 50 times bigger than your rear vision mirror? Because it's much more important to know where you're going than it is to know where you've been. However, there is a mirror because it's important to know what's behind you. And you look at life like that. And, and it's kind of almost those, that came back to me when I was reading this. God says, don't dwell on the past. Don't rubbish it or diss it. It's there. Recognize it. But don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a, a new thing. You know, and verse 19 starts with I am. And I am is always true, isn't it? It's never I was. It's not I will be. It's I am. I am. It's always current. I'm doing a new thing. And that's a reason to place things of the past in the past. Because new means I'm not going to do the same thing that I did before. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing, see, I'm doing a new thing. When God says he's doing a new thing, that means by definition that I'm not doing what I was doing. I'm doing something new. Now it will spring up. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? The NIV says here. What is it? And where is it? <laughs> I said, you know, see, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not see it? What were they looking for? What, what should we be looking for? What is it that God is doing? And I think it's kind of an analogy. It's this kind of, it's not necessarily one it. I think it's this that God is encouraging his people and he's encouraging us this morning. You know, open your eyes and look for what I'm doing. Look ahead at what my spirit is doing i've anointed you to speak to your ear look at what's happening what's do, what's happening and what i'm doing you know i um i travel a little bit and and you get into many different situations either in the evangelical world um sometimes in ywam in, in uganda or in other churches and sometimes you get into discussions and and these discussions are we wonder what god is doing in the world and, and where he's doing it. You know, I can remember in the YWAM days, we used to talk a lot about where was refreshing or revival or renewal or, or where was, was God doing, where did it seem like God was, was doing his work or where was new things happening? You know, what, what's happening in the, in the uh, Christian world? You know, where's revival happening? Where, where's power, where God's power seems to be at work? Where's growth? Where's social transformation? And then the question of where is it coming from? You know, what is it that God's doing and where is it coming from? And what's the answer? Because sometimes it depends on where you go. You know, they, they have those prophecies where the power, God's power is going to come from the north or the south or the west. Or I read one a couple of years ago where, <laughs> where someone wrote an article and said that the, the new revival or new refreshing of God's power or is, was going to come through women. It's encouraging, right? Yep, some of you are nodding your head, some of you are not. Or youth, or is it coming from Africa or Asia? Is it, you know, when we look at it, is it the mega church movement? Is it, is it the community church movement? Is it, is it conservative church? Is it that neo-reformed uh, movement? Is it, is it young people? Is it places like Hillsong or, or Bethel or, you know, things like that? You know, and uh, there's so much to read about what God's doing. And there's so much to read about <clears throat> who God's going to do it through. Who is God going to change the people in Scoresby through? You know, who, who is gonna, you know, who's God going to change the world through? Who's God going to fix the issue in Syria through? Who, who's God going to fix the issue in my life? I think the answer is in Acts 2 verse 17. 
you know, um, here's what the Word says. And if you think about what Isaiah, what the prophet Isaiah prophesied through, what God said through the prophet Isaiah, and thinking about the Holy Spirit, what does Acts chapter 2, 2 verse 17 say? The Holy Spirit is poured out on some flesh. Pardon? All flesh. How many of you feel like you might be part of all? Yeah, seriously. You know, sometimes you think that sometimes we look everywhere else for what God is doing or where, who God's going to be, where God's power is, and we forget it's me. Yet the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh, and, and I happen to be part of all flesh, as you do sitting here. You know, people talk about, you know, many have, there's an example, many have faith that it's coming out of China. They think there's this new move coming out of China. There's 100 million strong, that's about 120 million strong now, underground church. And there is word that the underground church of 120 million in, in, in China have committed 10% of their people to missions. That is 12 million missionaries spreading out all over the earth if they're going to do it. Isn't that fantastic? If you're Chinese, it is. No, it's a good thing, but what about us? If the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, we need a measure of faith to believe that the plan of God is me, is us. When you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you get to say, there's a secret plan of God, or not so secret maybe. That's where it comes from. You can have faith for China or young people or women or mega church or, or, or different theologies or whatever. But the faith that you must have is the one that believes that the plan of God is coming from you this year for change. Without it, a lot might happen in China and a lot might happen in places like Hillsong or, or wherever, but not with us. You see, we're in a time and season that God wants us to fight for his call on our lives. It's a time for us. So when you look at 2017 and you think, oh, is it just going to happen to me or can I maybe control a few things like how many vegetables I eat? Or how many, you know, how many holidays I have? Or, or you know, I'm going to speak more positively to the kids and it's going to last all the way till Wednesday probably. You know... But it's bigger than that. See, we were made for more than that. <coughs> and Isaiah says, now it will spring up. Just like the I am now. Not when you're ready. Not when you feel like you're, pre you're prepared. The Holy Spirit is in you now. The Spirit has been poured out, poured out on you. You're part of all flesh. Now it will spring up. God has not decided to choose someone else besides you. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? Can you see it? Are you looking? Are you thinking that this next year is just more of the same and maybe ramp it up a little bit? You're going to keep the business going. We're going to, you know, going to get better grades. Knock over a few more deals. Maybe, you know, do more with the kids. They're all good things. But are you looking? what God's doing? Are you looking to actually command 2017 as a follower of Christ for the kingdom? 
Are you looking to be his agent for that? Are you even aware of it? Are you asking for it all the time? Are you asking God to give you a sense of the timing? What God, what's going on? Help me to see what you're doing. You know, I think there's a real skill in seeing the times, isn't there? Seeing what's happening, not just in the world, but even in your own life and, and in your own church and situations. There's significant leadership skill there. And this is where the second half, verse 19, the second half of verse 19 where it's really important because God's promise comes in. He doesn't just say, look, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you see what I'm doing? You know, now it will spring up. This is where he steps in. He says, I am making a way in the, de- in the wilderness. I am making roads. I am making connections. I'm making it possible and able for you. I'm forming the way for it to be possible. And, you know, if you fly over... Um, if you've ever been in an aeroplane and you've actually been near the window and you, you fly over, even just like as outback Australia, but definitely over some of like the African countries, if you look down, every now and then you'll see a little area of population. Has anyone ever done that where you can see all these little villages and then there's nothing? Except if you look closely, there's a little road that kind of joins them. That makes it possible. That's connections. That means that village is not isolated. And that's what God's saying. I'm making, there might be a wilderness, but there might be a desert. But I make connections. I make sure that the supply can get in. I make sure that you can do what I've called you to do. Connections are necessary. You don't have everything in one village in these places. Do you see the new connections? Do you see them relationally in your life? Do you see them with our church as we connect with the people in the community or you connect at school or or, or in your job? Do you see God connections or do you just attune yourself to, to connections that might enhance you or your own life? This was like for me. Sometimes I see connections and I think, oh, that would be better for me. But what about if I was looking for God connections? What if I was looking for ways for God to resource more? Do we see new connections? Are we ready to go for them? See, if you only need to sustain what you're already doing, you don't need new resources and connections. If you're only, like, if you're only looking to keep the status quo, to keep your head above water, whether that be in family or in your own life or in business, you don't need God. Or in our church, you don't need God to make new connections. No need for new resources because if we're not anticipating God to work with us or through us, we don't need the new resources. Resources come as we perceive what God is doing and then we move forward in that direction. There might be people, it might be finances, it might be whatever. But it's kind of this step first. You know, the Spirit of the Lord is on you. Step first. Have faith. Take a risk and see what I'm doing. God's promise is I will make roadways and connections where there have been none before. And streams in the wasteland. What, you know, Psalm 1 says the best place to be planted for fruitfulness is where? By a stream. You know, it's the best place. It's a, there's a source. In God's promise for new connections and resources is a provision of long-term sustenance through the Holy Spirit. New capacities. You see, God doesn't only expect you to to stretch your current resources or even as a church, God doesn't expect us just to stretch our current resources to meet a new challenge. There are new rivers 
new sources, and God's got them for us. And our response to all this, your response, if you want to go back and read this at some time or, or ponder and say, God, what could you be saying? Our response needs to be looking in the mirror and say, it's me. When I look at the mirror, there's God's answer for 2017. For my life, for my family's life, for my, my church, for, for the kingdom, for outreach, for the gospel. There's God's answer. It isn't someone else. It isn't the, the care team. It isn't the, the leadership team. It isn't the music ministry team. It isn't the, the missionaries that are in Africa. It isn't those that we send to fight in Syria or, or those special prayer warriors. Or It's me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me to proclaim His favour. What would God's favour look like in my life or in the lives of people? What would it look like? Do you even dare? Hmm. It's me. It's not Chinese. It's not youth. It's not women. God is ready to do a new thing with whoever will look in the mirror and say, what about me? It's me. What about us? You know, I, um, I wrote this on the end because I talked about this once before and you get into end times theology or eschatology, whatever you want to call it. You know, people talk about the end times, you know, what's going to happen, you know. You know, are these the last days that God has for us? You know, we see the increase of, of all the stuff happening. Are these the last days? The question is not, are these the last days? These are your last days. You don't get any others. You have one time to do what is the will of God in your life, and apparently it's now. Think about that. Spend them well. Remember the word of the Lord. Be deliberate. Be intentional. Because this is life. It isn't a dress rehearsal. This is what we get to do. I think as you look ahead, and as I look ahead to 2017, I think, oh, I wonder what will happen. I want that to change for I wonder what will happen to got an idea what God wants to do and I'm going to be part of it. Got an idea that God wants to do stuff in my world and I've got an idea that I'm supposed to be part of it, that I'm actually equipped and anointed to be part of it. I've got an idea that 2017 and its success or that or lack thereof is not dependent on how I go. It's how the kingdom goes. And where am I willing to be part of that? Because the secret plan of God, or not the secret plan of God, is me. Let's pray. God, thank you for um, your word. Thank you for reminding us that... Um, Lord, that we don't have to, um, I'm sure of the word, we don't just need to stand there and, and let things happen to us, but you came to live in us so that we could be the happen makers, which is really bad English, but we can be those that make things happen. Lord, that we don't just need to allow uh, life happened to us, but Lord, that we can step up and take on our anointing and understand the power within us and that we can proclaim 
your favour into our own lives, into the lives of our families, into our world, into our community, into the sick, into the suffering, into the celebrating, into the, the, the poor, the lonely, the depressed. That we can be people that set people free, including ourselves. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for each one of us here this morning. Lord, I pray that as we look ahead, that we would just begin to get a way bigger picture than our own life and our own circumstances and making 2017 better for us. That you would broaden our horizons heaps significantly so that we would recognize that your spirit was poured into us for your sake, not for ours, for your kingdom's sake, not for ours. And that we'd be ready to be used by you and Lord, in the midst of that, Lord, we, we know that we are significant. We're not insignificant. It does matter. But we trust you to take care of the things that are necessary in our lives. We trust you to care for us and the desires that we have. We know that you know them. And we choose to trust you for them. So Lord, as we go ahead, Lord, we just want to pray for your presence. Holy Spirit, for your anointing and your power in our lives. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.